Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that don't know, I'm a Reiki master teacher and a shamanic practitioner, and I've been running my own healing practice since 2007. The work is focused on core wound healing, life purpose work, sacred union work, uh, abundance sessions, and uh, one-to-one coaching and healing sessions. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. Thank you for all your kind messages, even in this crazy time. I really appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate everyone who reaches out and shares their experiences of the work or the podcasts. Thank you also for all your offers of support. There are a few ways in which you can support the work. So um, I'm sure, as I've shared before, I'm a freelancer and I'm 100% self-employed. I work in this field and I also work as a writer and an artist. So all my work is self-employed and we've all us self-employed freelancers have been massively hit by what's happening in the UK at the moment. All the content that I provide on the podcast channel and the YouTube channel is free and I would like to keep it so because I really do like reaching as many people as possible who need this work and just, you know, need that, that lifeline and that support. But if you would like to support the work, you can do that in a few ways. You can go to the website, sacredspacehealing.org. You can click on the home button and there's a drop-down menu, which is a donations button. And you can donate as much or as little as you feel called to. And the donations go towards creating more free content on the podcast channel and the YouTube channel. They also go towards the bursary scheme, which I've set up to help um, one person a month do the work, the deeper work, the core wound or life purpose work on a bursary rate. Um, And I'm also collecting at the moment donations for um, a a hardship fund for freelancers here in the UK. So uh, all of that money, that donation gets recycled and put to good use. You you can also support by sharing uh, information about the podcasts on your social media pages, or you can go to the um, iTunes page Um, or one of the other platforms where the podcasts are hosted and leave a review and that way you're generating more traffic to the podcast channel and therefore helping more people. So whichever feels right for you. Okay, so today's podcast is looking at um, exercise and trauma. So one of the things that I have discovered over the years, um, both in healing my own trauma and in helping clients to address Um, their healing when it comes to trauma and complex trauma is um, the the tangled web of exercise. So I'm going to share with you some realizations that I've made along the way and also those that I've observed in clients and students that I've assisted. So obviously exercise and moving our body is really important for our health and well-being. Now, one of the things that happens with trauma, complex trauma, is that we lose, we disassociate. So psychologists call it disassociation, the shaman would call it soul loss. But ultimately, what it means is that we, the the kind of connection, the connecting wires between our body and our minds and our spirits get loosened in some way. And what tends to happen is if the trauma was physical, is that we disconnect from our physical bodies. So most of the time, what that looks like is out-of-body experiences. So again, psychologists call that disassociation, but you might know it as Um, looking down on your body so it could be like when you think about the traumatic event or you have that memory or that flashback you're not actually in it you're not in your body during that memory you're actually watching it as if you were watching it through a window or from a great height or looking down upon yourself 
And I think if you have that experience with certain memories or trauma, it's a really good indicator that you disassociated, that you jumped out of your body. So uh, coming back into our bodies after trauma is a process. Yes, you can go for a soul retrieval. Yes, you can go for therapy and uh, counseling and, and do other ways of healing yourself. But it is a process because that aspect of ourselves that disassociated won't really return until it feels ready to do so and also feels safe to do so. And sometimes the process to getting to that place of safety um, and readiness is ensuring that the life that you now lead is is a different trajectory. You know, you're not still in the same habits and patterns that led to that trauma. You're not around the same people that that aspect of yourself, when it does return, needs to know that this time it's going to be safe. And that's a journey. Um, and similarly, there are the healings that need to take place within our mental processes and our emotional bodies and our spiritual bodies, such as self-forgiveness and uh, a reframing of the event. You know, often traumatic events are framed in such a way that aren't actually factually true. You know, we sometimes create a story around the trauma to understand it better. And often we make associations that may not necessarily be factually true. There are assumptions that we make or we put two and two together and make 50 because we're trying to make sense of something that is senseless. And sometimes that can look like a lot of self-blame, a lot of if only I hadn't done this, or why did I do that? And that kind of self-loathing that can further disassociate and disconnect ourselves from our body. So I mention all of this to say that, you know, when we're disconnected from our bodies, it's hard to have a regular uh, practice of exercise or body work because we're not really in tune with what our body needs. We're not really listening to it. We don't want to listen to it maybe because it's in a lot of pain or it has experienced a lot of pain or we don't feel that it's safe to be in our bodies to listen to it or we hate our bodies we feel that our bodies let us down in some way we're ashamed of our bodies I mean so many different reasons so one of the ways that that then a few ways that that then manifests in physicality physical exercise is a disconnect from what is good for us so this can be a number of things it can be overdoing it so pushing you so often people who've had some kind of trauma will go in various different directions but they do follow patterns so often they overdo it at the gym or in their physical exercise so running to excess being at the gym to excess pushing weights to excess um yoga to excess i mean it's even the in in inverted commas the good stuff you know bikram yoga stuff like that to excess to the point where it's an obsession you know, and that if they miss a day at the gym or they don't go running or they put on a, you know, a, a kilo or a pound or whatever, they feel like they're fat and they've, they've lost their um, physique and it becomes a, an, almost an obsession. Exercise becomes an obsession. The way the body looks becomes an obsession. And, um, and, and there's no room for anything else, you know. So often the, the schedule, the protocol that they're following is quite strict. There's no, there's no sway in it for injury or for off days or for women you know days when you know for women like your how active you feel is a a very dependent on your cycle and there'll be times in the month when you want to be really active and times in the month when you want to sit on the sofa and eat chocolate and both of those um, aspects of yourself are to be honored because there are times for action and times for slowing down and resting 
But often when there's been trauma in women, they won't be listening to their bodies. They'll be reprimanding their bodies and pushing their bodies even more. Then the other way in which it can manifest is not doing anything. So no exercise, you know, really piling on the pounds, not eating very healthily, not moving at all, a very sedentary lifestyle. Um, in fact, being really averse to it, so not wanting to go to the gym, not wanting to do yoga, not wanting to swim, like not wanting to do anything, not even wanting to walk or move, because it's almost as if moving the body stirs up memories, and they'd rather not have anything stirred up. And so that can lead to its own health problems and body issue problems, um, as well as your sense of well-being, because movement is good, you know, dance and movement and working up a sweat is good for our uh, our mental state and really good in combating depression and trauma and PTSD and anxiety, really, really good in that. Um, <clears throat> it can lead to, uh, so not listening to our bodies, so, you know, I mentioned pushing yourself, but really not listening to what your body wants, so Maybe you think that you should be doing the gym five times a week because all your mates do the gym. But actually, if you listened to your body, your body wants to be doing uh, Pilates or yoga or bar or Tai Chi or um, you know, HIT or, uh, you know, interval work or weight training or, you know, whatever it is. Your body wants to do something else. It doesn't want to do the thing that everyone else is doing, but you're not listening. So you're kind of pushing yourself down a road that doesn't really suit you, may not suit your body type, may not suit your muscle structure, may not suit your alignment or even your temperament. Um, so it will always feel quite joyless. It'll be another thing on your to-do list, almost like a punishment rather than a joy. Now, the other thing with trauma and physical exercise is that it can often be really triggering. So this is why um, exercises like TRE, which is trauma um, release exercises and um, uh, exercises that focus on the psoas muscle and trauma yoga and yin yoga are very much focused towards those that are healing trauma. Because sometimes some yoga sequences, sometimes things like warrior or child's pose or even down dog or cobra, like some of these um, more active sequences, some of the ones that generate fire in the body, can actually make a person feel worse. Like they can create a kind of sense of restlessness in the body, a sense of discomfort. You may not want to stay in the pose for very long. You might find yourself resisting it. You don't really like it. And I, and I think normally, like for people who haven't experienced trauma, your yoga teacher would say, well, just persevere. That's your monkey mind. That's you not wanting to commit to the practice. But as someone who's experienced trauma and has found different ways to heal it. So from my own personal experience, but also from working with others, I know that when my body is reacting like that to a yoga sequence, it's because it's just not the right thing for my body to be doing. And I have found that doing slower sequences and yin yoga practices and practices where I'm really listening to the, the muscles and the fascia in my body, like what, what do I need right now? You know, maybe it's not a load of sequences, maybe it's just three or four poses that are held for a duration of a total of 30 minutes rather than a really vigorous sequence, that often it's that it's the slower poses that help my body to let go, to, to feel safe, to relax, to release. And the purpose of exercise when it's focused on healing trauma is to release the trauma from the body. And this is why TRE is so vital. It's that, that the shaking um, activity within the body releases the built-up energy of the trauma with that's stuck in the muscles that's you know stuck in the fascia that's stuck in our nervous system it's why animals do it you know like dogs do it if, if 
a dog will just shake off the energy if it's had an interaction that it wasn't particularly enjoying or um, something negative happened. Within a couple of minutes, they'll do this really vigorous shake and they'll shake it all, all off and then they're ready to move on. And as humans, we don't do that. We don't shake things out of our system, which is why dance and TRE can often be so healing. So sometimes the slower sequences, the yin yogas, um, stuff looking at the psoas muscle, uh, even Pilates or Tai Chi can be really soothing. I actually find that if you want to do body work that's focused on trauma, you really want to go in the direction of yin yoga, trauma yoga, um, or TRE. Because even things like Tai Chi and Qigong can create that same sense of restlessness. And it's not because you're doing anything wrong. It's just because what's not being released from the body is the trauma is that uh, built-up energy, is that fight-or-flight-or-freeze response, which something like yin yoga or trauma-focused yoga or TRE is really good at releasing. So those are considerations to bring into play when you're looking to do body work to heal trauma. I think the final thing to say around body work and trauma is that it's really important to make up your own rules. At some point in your life, something happened to you and your body underwent a traumatic experience that it had no control over. Power was taken away from you and your body. The whole reason why you get back into your body to heal it physically and to heal that trauma through a physical means is because you want to re-educate your body that this time it will be listened to and that this time the world is a safe place. So the best way to navigate your way through that is to continually listen to your body. Stop when you want to stop. You know, push it when you want to push it. Um, do the practices that feel good. If you want to stop halfway through a yoga class, stop halfway through a yoga class. Uh, find yourself teachers who honor and respect the journey that you're on. Um, I was watching a yoga video the other day and this really wonderful American yoga teacher was uh, doing a, um, a tutorial in trauma yoga and one of the sequences was to go into child's pose but she didn't call it child's pose she called it wisdom pose and she said she'd chosen to call it wisdom pose because in a class once it being called child's pose had triggered one of her students um, so she'd renamed the pose and she'd renamed a couple of other poses and I thought how beautiful that she'd done that. Yes, of course, I'm sure for some people to be told to lie on the floor in a very vulnerable position in child's pose could be very triggering for someone who's trying to heal some really deep-seated stuff. So well done for that person in the class for voicing what they were feeling and not that teacher for listening to them. And so it's important that you listen to your body. If you're in a class and it doesn't feel good, if you're watching a tutorial and it doesn't feel good, stop. I remember going to a um, Scaravelli yoga class. And Scaravelli yoga, is, when it's done well, is really beautiful because it is about an unfolding and it's about allowing the momentum of the weight of your body to, to add itself to the yoga poses and the moves. And it, again, it's very similar in some ways to yin. So I was in this Scaravelli yoga class and I'd, I'd been to it once before, so the teacher knew me and she knew that there was some trauma stuff that I was wanting to heal in my body. And we're doing this pose and I put, put up my hand and I said, you know what, that's really hurting my back doing this pose. Is there a way that I can modify it? And she came over to me and she went, oh, don't be so soft. 
and she put all her weight down on my legs as I was doing this pose, actually making it more painful and more intense. And as she did that, she said, oh, you're just doing it wrong. Do it like this. And I went, no, 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 stop, stop. That's really painful. And I've, I've told you that hurts. So stop. And she then suddenly listened to me and said, oh, yes, of course, you need to ad- adapt it to what feels right for you. And I thought, bloody hell, I'm not coming back to this class. Like, that's not how you want to be treated in a class. If something feels painful, whether you know, you're know you the only person who's ever said that or not, irrespective, your teacher needs to stop and listen to what you have to say. So I share that story to say, I was really proud of myself for speaking up and saying, no, don't push on my body, that doesn't feel good, stop, that hurts, because normally what I would do in a class situation is not want to make a fuss, and I would reprimand myself and push myself even more, thinking that there was something wrong with me. And it was a turning point for me, because I realised that all those years of inner work that I'd been doing to heal myself and, and really heal the trauma in my past was paying off, because now here I was, voicing that something wasn't comfortable for me and that I wanted to stop. And um, I think that those are the places that we want to get to. We want to get to that place where we have such a profound connection with our body that no matter what someone else is saying, what the consensus is saying, what the group is saying, if it doesn't feel right for us, we say, no, this isn't for me, I'm opting out. And that's when we know that we've really turned the corner in healing trauma from a physical perspective. Obviously, the work that I do is not body-based, so I just offer suggestions as a human being. Um, And as someone who's worked with uh, a number of clients over the years to help to heal trauma. But the work that I do do um, in the Core Wound Healing Program is geared towards healing trauma. So if that's something that you feel called to heal at this time or you're interested in, then do check out the website, which is sacredspacehealing.org. At sacredspacehealing.org. Wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace, and abundance. Until the next time, so it is and so it shall be.